0: You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com God, we invite your presence here, Jesus. God, as we um, talk, as we think about heaven tonight, God, I pray you open our hearts, open our minds to what you have For us to receive from you jesus we thank you and we praise you and everybody screamed amen "Amen." well it's an it really is an honor to speak to you guys and uh i've seen a lot of you i think i know a lot of you i get to do a couple things around the mill i'm on staff there I get to do the Friday night show and be silly and stupid and uh, a lot of times just joke around on the Friday night show and then I also get to do another one of my passions which is uh, the mill Sunday school and I've seen some of you there that's awesome and I really like studying the Bible and getting into theology and kind of being a nerd is that okay to be a nerd in here yes that's a good thing well i want to talk about heaven uh this may be news to you but uh i guess david the furnace is on this series event called uh a Focus life is that right is that news to you (laughs) um a Focus life and so i thought we'd focus in tonight on heaven not just like oh let's focus on heaven brother and think about spiritual stuff but literally heaven and so that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, first, some misconceptions. There's a lot of misconceptions about heaven, and um, I just want to share one of them. Maybe I went to Disney World in January, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Disney fans, uh, a lot of Disney freaks out there. That uh, <laughs> maybe you're a Disney freak. No offense to D- Disney freaks. That's fine. Uh, you really built up the experience. I had never been until last January. I went to, down to Orlando and really had a big experience. Like, like everyone was telling me how awesome Disneyland is going to be. And maybe you went there as a kid and it was awesome. But I'm 29 years old. And I went to Disneyland and I, my expectations were like way up here. And I kind of, I, I mean, I had a good day. It was a great day. But uh, two things happened. One, Splash Mountain closed that day. So instead of going to Splash Mountain, we went to another ride. <laughs> they call it a ride, but it, it's not really a ride by any means. Sh- sh- it's John Wesson is still back there. Let's cue the music. <laughs> I, don't if, uh, I don't know if a song can be demon-possessed. I, we went, stood in line for like 35 minutes. Uh, this song's playing the whole time. And um, you kind of get on, they call it a ride. You get on the ride and it's, it goes like half a mile per hour. If you've never been on the ride, basically it's uh, you go through India and, and China and Africa and Asia and Europe and the United States. And uh, there's all these children there that have these blank little face stares and they're smiling and they're like, hey. And then uh, you get to the end of the ride, and the, end, the last room, uh, it, was, it was a ride kind of put together to experience world peace. <laughs> Still here, <it>. that's good. <laughs> Hopefully you're beginning to go insane, like me. Um, yeah, the, the last room of this ride is uh, symbolizing that, I think it's symbolizing that in heaven, there'll be people from all over the world and we'll all have world peace. And the last room is kids that are Asian, kids that are black kids that are white, kids that are Indian, all in this room, all wearing white, everything's white, and the music is like cranked way up. Sorry, it's my mic. The music is cranked way up, and you're just like, blank stare at these kids, and you're just like, oh, gosh. And uh, that's uh, Christians, non-Christians alike, kind of have misperceptions about what heaven is going to be like that it's going to be this place of blank stares smiling every desire filled non-ending music forever and ever and ever and uh i think a lot of our theology. As Christians, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well before I really started getting into this and researching it. A lot of our theology of what heaven is going to be like comes from TV shows like uh, Touched by an Angel or uh, movies like Bruce Almighty or other heaven scenes or even classically, traditionally, like Milton's Paradise Lost, Dante's uh, what is it, Divine Comedy. Um, but the Bible really has a lot to say about what heaven is going to be like. And um, There's misperceptions, and we just kind of make up things sometimes about what we think heaven is going to be like. Um, Like a lady in this book, I'm going to read just, it's on the first page of a book called The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. You like that book? Did you read it? And uh, I read it in high school. I thought it was pretty cool. On the first page of this book, it it introduces the character Huck Finn, who's this rambunctious little boy, and a lady named Miss Watson, who is a classic Christian kind of lady and it introduces them like this Miss Watson would say don't put your feet up there Huckleberry don't scrunch up like that Huckleberry sit up straight and pretty soon she would start to say don't gap and stretch like that Huckleberry why don't you try to behave and then she told me all about hell (laughs) and I said I wished I was there and she got mad but I didn't do no harm by it all I wanted was to go somewhere All I wanted was a change. I weren't particular. And then she said that that was a very wicked thing to say and that she wouldn't say it for the whole world. She was going to live and go to heaven. Well, I couldn't see no advantage in going to where she was going, so I made up in my my mind that I wouldn't try for it. But I never said so because I would only make trouble and would do no good. Now, when she had gotten a start and she started telling me about heaven, she said all a body would have to do there was to go around all day long with a harp and sing forever and ever. So I didn't think much of it, and I never said so. And I asked her again. I asked her if she reckoned Tom Sawyer would go there, and she said not by a considerable sight. And so I was glad about that because I wanted him and me to be together. That's Huck Finn, a rambunctious little boy, um, thinking about heaven and, and this Christian lady telling him that in heaven, there's gonna be, you're going to be in a clouds and sitting there with a harp and singing forever and ever. Sounds like a little boy's dream, right? <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. That doesn't sound fun to any of us, does it? no i don't think so and so what i want you to do is as we talk just in this time that i have to to talk to you tonight about living a focused life and heaven focused life i want you i want to ask if it's okay that if you have some things about heaven that you've been thinking about what heaven is going to be like and you can't directly point to a scripture in the bible and say yeah here's where it says we're going to be laying in clouds and playing harps and singing forever and ever and ever um Would it be okay if you set aside some thoughts and opinions that you have about heaven that you can't find in the Bible? Is that okay for tonight? And so, uh, as we do that, I basically want to give you some notes, and I heard you like to take notes. Is that true? And so, I want to give you the definition of heaven as we start, the definition of heaven. And I, I just quite simply put, the definition of heaven, the place God has made his permanent dwelling The place God has made his permanent dwelling. Definition of heaven. The place God has made his permanent dwelling. Definition of heaven. One more time. The place God has made his permanent dwelling. I I see a lot of people writing. It's okay if you're a little slow. I'm a little slow. Um, As Christians, we we talk a lot about heaven, but we don't really talk a lot about what it's really going to be like there. Imagine meeting a person, and you're like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and you say, well, what do you do? And they say, I work for NASA, and you're like, dang, that's cool, you work for NASA, what are you going to be doing? And they say, I- I'm training to, to, be, to go and start a colony on Mars, and you're like, dang, that's sick, a colony on Mars, and, and so you start talking to them, and you're like, yeah, you're going to go plant a colony on Mars with this other group of people, you're never coming back, you're going to go live there, there's not enough time to come back going there, takes a really long time, um, and, and you, you start talking and say, yeah, for the last five years, we've been planning this trip, this colony that we're going to start to Mars, and you start talking about that, and you're like, yeah, we could fly that spaceship backwards and forwards, and we know what it's like to be in no gravity, because there will be no gravity as we travel to Mars, and we know how to eat and sleep in no gravity, and even go to the bathroom in no gravity, and, um, and so you, then you ask him the question, well, what's Mars going to be like? And wouldn't it be insane if he he turned to you and said, I have no idea what Mars is going to be like. I just know a lot about how to get there. Wouldn't that be weird? As Christians, we are going to spend eternity in heaven. That we could have a life focused about heaven, what heaven is going to be like. And that's a good thing. There's some details in the Bible that we're going to talk about today about what heaven is really going to be like. And, uh, and so we're going to look at the Bible quite a bit. And so I'm going to have you turn to some scriptures. And um, it'd be sweet if you really, if you turned there with me and saw it with your own eyes and begin to, and to, begin to put this picture of heaven together, what it's really going to be like. And uh, a lot of what we're going to be reading comes from the book of Revelation. Everybody say, ooh, book of Revelation, pretty cool book. Um, A lot of analogies, lots of cool stuff going on in the book of Revelation, but lots of talk about what heaven is going to be like. And so, turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we were, like, really excited to go to heaven and, like, knew what it was going to be like? Wouldn't that be sweet? I think so. This is about the new Jerusalem. Revelation 21, verse 1 says this, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. That's, that's our, remember, that's our definition of heaven. And he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be more, no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And so this, this definition that I gave you, heaven, the, the place God has made his permanent dwelling, I wanted to give you um, just a thought about that because there's a lot of mis- misconceptions about what, where we go when we die. Where we go, like, when we, like if we were to die in a car crash or something, or a family member was to die, do they go directly to the new earth, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, heaven, heaven? No, they, they don't. There's, there's, it talks again and again in the Bible that there's a place. Jesus calls it paradise. Sounds like a pretty cool place, don't you think? So either, it, we go to paradise, but then there's all these verses about how uh, after a millennium or, or something, there's all these random details that, that, that Jesus will, will, the new heaven and the new earth will be created, and Jesus will rise, the dead and first will rise first, and they'll be in heaven, and then we'll, we'll all rise up if the earth is still going on. Have you heard, seen verses like that? Everybody say, weird, I don't get it. Here's what it is. There's, there's a place when we die that we will go to, if we're Christians, paradise. And then we, the kind of we'll be hanging out, we'll, we'll be in paradise for crying out loud. I mean, it's, it sounds like a good place to me, right? And, but there, there's a place that's coming that's going to be even better than the paradise. I've heard Brady Boyd um, you say an analogy that it's like if you were going to retire and you had billions Of dollars to spend on a dream home and so you sit down with an architect and you're like dude I want a swimming pool no wait, I want three swimming pools and I want a helicopter pad and I want a race car track and you're just like naming off all the stuff you want in a house and as it's being built the house that you live in now sells and so during this time you go to like a really really sweet hotel to wait it out and wait for the new mansion that you're gonna live in for the rest of your life that's the analogy that Brady gave, and I, I kind of liked it, so that's why I repeated it for you. Um, there's lots of, lots of uh, misconceptions. If, if you would, please, uh, write down these four things. Number them one, two, three, and four. And I'm just gonna, we're going to go over four misconceptions about heaven, and we're going to talk a lot about the details of what heaven's really going to be like. Number one, heaven will not be boring. Yes. Number one, heaven will not be boring. And you know what? That one's a huge one. That one is, uh, like from a non-Christian perspective, most non-Christians think heaven's gonna be boring, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Number one, heaven's not gonna be boring. Number two, we're not gonna lose all desires. Number two, we're not gonna lose all desires. And I've, I've, I've heard it said that when you get to heaven, every desire will just instantly be filled. And to me, that sounds like, well, Does that mean then we'll lose all our desires? We won't really have desires if they'll all be filled. It sounds weird. Um, So that's number two. We'll talk about that. Number two, we won't lose desires. Number three, we won't lose our memory of earth and our friends and who we know and and all that stuff that happened and cool stuff like the furnace gathering meetings. We'll remember that in heaven. Uh, And number four, uh, we won't lose our individuality. So number one, not boring. Number two, we won't lose our desires. Number three, we won't have this loss of memory. And number four, uh, we won't lose our individuality. Those are the four things we're going to talk about tonight. And I appreciate that you're writing them down. That's so cool. You guys are the furnace. You're like, yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and so let's talk about not being boring. Um, Heaven's not going to be boring. There's this famous uh, scientist dude named Isaac Asimov, who is a pretty cool writer. He, he writes some nonfiction, some fiction stuff. And um, he's not a Christian. He's an atheist. And um, here's what he says about heaven. He says, I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in it. For whatever the tortures of hell, I think the boredom of heaven would be worse. Did you hear that? I mean, from a non-Christian perspective, um, and even a lot of Christians have this misperception that, yeah, we're going to be floating around with a harp and in the clouds. That's boring. Or people have this misperception of, it's going to be a non-ending church service forever and ever and ever. That sounds I mean to be i 'm a pastor, is it okay if I say that church is, it's, church has its time and its place, but after church, you go out to eat, you take a nap, you do something else right i mean you 're not meant to live in church your whole life um, <laughs> Here's the image of heaven that I just read for you. I wanna look back at it. Revelation 21 says that, uh, uh, verse two says, I saw the holy city, so this is the holy city, the new Jerusalem. I saw the whole c- holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. That's boring, right? No way. I've been married one year, two months, and 27 days and one month two months i mean one year two months and 27 days ago i got married and uh some of you know erica erica kirkendall used to be erica chalene uh she was in the furnace for like her her first semester and we weren't allowed to date and we started liking each other right as she was going into the furnace and we played by all the rules we didn't uh we i'm dead serious we did we really did uh, just to encourage you, because I know some of you are like man i can 't wait for the banquet. Um, I was there, I did that and so and so we Eric and i we never hung out alone we never we what 's the other rules some of the phone calls uh, in that year it was like two years ago there wasn 't a texting clause <laughs> <laughs> so you you could imagine. Um, <laughs> Um, so on the banquet night, the, the, two years ago, we went on our first date and, and it was romantic and fun and she was all dressed up so we went to the Broadmoor and got some Starbucks coffee and started dating and then got engaged and then got married and that moment of me standing down at the aisle, Ross Parsley was our officiant, she's coming down the aisle, that is the image that that that... that, that John, the the writer of Revelation, says, this is what the new heaven is going to be like when it comes, and you see it like a bride. That's exciting. I mean, my wife and I were both virgins, and... Um, I mean, just think about, my, I mean, the, the thoughts going through my head as I was down there in the front where I was nervous, but I was excited. I was excited and I was uh, thinking like, this is a pinnacle moment of my life. I look back and say, that was the best moment of my life. And, and thinking about that, that is how the author John refers to heaven, the, this, this new city, Jerusalem, descending on the new heaven and the new earth. Pretty sweet, don't you think? It goes on to say a little, it talks a little bit about this city. And first of all, it says that the first earth, that's this earth right now. Uh, in verse 1, it says, the new heaven and the new earth for the first earth and the, and the first heaven had passed away. Everybody say, oh. Yeah, so this earth it will eventually pass away. There's, you know, stuff on this earth that your house and stuff and will just pass away. But there, there'll be a new earth and a new heaven and the city the new jerusalem descends and it goes on to say that uh this city is uh in verse 16 same chapter it said this city was laid out like a square as long as it was hot, wide he measured the city this angel measured the city with a rod and found out that it was 12,000 stadia whatever the heck that is and so i have a sweet study bible so i look down there and say 12,000 stadia what is that and it says about 1,400 miles that's huge that's like the like city is about as big as the United States. And so maybe, the, the, I mean, how can a city that big fit on the earth now? Maybe the new earth is going to be much bigger. And it goes on to say that there's, there's walls of the city, but the gates are open. So I can imagine that there's this city that we get to hang out in. And then there's the new earth. Anybody like exploring and like doing outdoor stuff? And I think we'll be doing that stuff. I mean, it says there's going to be a new earth. Isn't that sweet? Does that sound boring to anybody? I don't think so. It doesn't sound boring to me. Um, Something else that that some people say, um, that they'll just kind of talk, and I'm guilty of this as well, just kind of making stuff up. Um, (laughs) Somebody like, do you think we'll know everything once we get to heaven? And I've just kind of assumed like, yeah, we'll know everything. Once we get to heaven, we'll just know everything. And then I was kind of thinking about that and like, isn't that kind of boring there's nothing else to learn there's nothing else to do how many of you like learning it's okay this is a safe place it's okay to like school i I don't consider i really really don't consider myself a smart person i didn't do that good on the acts or the sats or even my iq is honestly a little low and uh um but i'm i I just love school and so right now uh, i'm working on my doctorate i've got my master's degree i'm working on my doctorate because i'm smart no, because I love school, I love learning and that the idea that we'll just get to heaven and we'll just know everything is, is a little boring to me but it says, let me show you it's, it says that we'll, we'll continuously be learning if you want to you could turn to Ephesians 2.6 Ephesians 2.6 says this uh, Ephesians 2.6 and 7 let me find it here Ephesians 2.6 and 7 And God raises us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ in order in that the coming ages he might show, and some other Bible verses say teach, some other ones say exhibit or prove, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So we'll we'll get to heaven, we'll be seated there, and Christ will be showing us stuff teaching us stuff that's kind of exciting don't you think that we could ask God questions I'm going to show you another verse where it says that we'll ask God questions won't that be sweet is that boring to anybody no I mean that's like the sweetest school ever really cool and let me show you one more verse about um the lots of Christians non-Christians alike have the perception that heaven's going to be like this non-ending church service can I show you a verse that says that there's not even going to be a church building in heaven That, that's gonna be a that's gonna kind of be cool, uh, Revelation twenty one verse twenty two. And there's a point behind that, by the way. Um, Revelation twenty one verse twenty two. I'll give you time to turn to it because I want you to see this stuff and say, yeah, I've seen that with my own eyes. I think I know that there won't be a temple in heaven because I've seen it in the Bible. Here it is, Revelation twenty one verse twenty two, and it says this. It's talking to John in first person. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the lamb are its temple. Sweet. Think about it. There's not going to be a church. I mean, the purpose of church is like to gather and to worship God. Like, why would we need to gather over here and worship God if God is right here? Isn't that going to be sweet? So if someone says, yeah, heaven sounds fun. It's going to be like a non-ending church service. You could say, there's not even going to be a church. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) <laughs> heaven's going to be fun it's going to be sweet um, let's let's move on to number two the loss of desires I think I I kind of um, remember telling someone just kind of making stuff up I mean I, I guess I just kind of make stuff up sometimes and I said yeah just kind of thinking it through in my own head thinking yeah when we get to heaven we'll have all our desires fulfilled and so we won't really have any desires it'll be just like we'll, we'll have them all fulfilled and so we'll just be like Happy all the time. That that's not, that sounds a little dull to me to have all your desires instantly filled, and so some of that comes from like Revelation seven sixteen. If you want to look there, Revelation seven sixteen. You've probably seen this verse before because it's a pretty sweet verse to think about and think about what heaven's going to be like. Revelation seven sixteen says, "Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst." Talking about the people living in heaven. The sun will not beat on them, nor any scorching heat. You're like, sweet. So we won't hunger or thirst again. And that's, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of good news to us. But I think, I just imagine telling that good news, we're going to Africa this summer. Anybody else going to Africa this summer? Yes. I just imagine looking at a little kid, and he's hungry, you know? And the kids in third world countries are hungry, and adults are hungry. And they all oftentimes don't get enough to eat, and saying that in heaven there's not going to be any more hunger or thirst. And that's going to be a really good thing. And they'll be like, yeah, that will be good. And then I'll say, here's, here's a bite of my bologna sandwich. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll eat it. But uh, um, in heaven, there's not going to be any hunger or thirst. And he's like, yeah, so we'll have all our desires instantly filled. But not really. Look at this. Verse 17 says, for the lamb will be at the center of the throne. There will be a shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water. And then he says, well, he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes so they'll have, they'll have tears but then God will wipe them away and they'll, maybe they'll be a little thirsty or just desire something to drink maybe not like a de- like a really bad thirst but um, they'll just be a little thirsty and then they'll be drinking in heaven they'll be, uh, be food in heaven I think I have a verse about that uh, Revelation 2.7 we're flipping around a little bit are you okay with flipping around a little bit you're, you're the furnace you can handle it I know you can. Revelation 2.7 says, those who have a in, 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 <laughs> ear... No, it doesn't. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The tree of life. Do you remember that? from another, I wish there was another passage in the Bible that talked about another tree that, that, that people weren't allowed to eat from. But in heaven they're allowed to eat from this tree, this, from the tree of life. That'll be sweet, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound boring to me. It, it sounds like we'll have some desires of eating and, and drinking in heaven, and it'll be okay that there'll be food in heaven. And uh, there's another passage, uh, you don't have to go there, that said these trees of life will line the streets and we'll be able to eat from them. There must be good stuff up there that we'll have an appetite um, that that there won't be a curse on the food. There won't be a curse. It'll taste better. Uh, I just I'm assuming that it'll taste really good. There won't be a curse like there is a curse now. Like like oranges have seeds and you have to spit them out, and little grapes you, and a little olive. they have seeds. That's like a curse, right? <laughs> There won't be a curse in heaven on the food. There, were, there won't be any thorns. I mean, the thorns got invented after Adam and Eve fell. The thorns got invented. You had to work for food. Food will just be popping out everywhere. And you're just like, oh, wow, oh, it's so good. <laughs> you won't have to work for it because that's what the curse was about, about a toil, have to, having to toil for your work. And um, I hesitate to say this because you're a young crowd and you're not allowed to drink alcohol, right? Everybody say, right. And there, and I, hes- I, the reason why I hesitate to say this is because so many people uh, at in their twenties um, think alcohol is so cool, and they use it as a kind of an escape mechanism. And uh, there's there's guys and girls alike that are alcoholics, and I think that's part of the curse that's on alcohol. And um, Jesus, when he met with his disciples, you could turn there if you want to Luke 22. I'm not just I, or, or write that down. You could look at it later. He says that um, he's holding some wine. And he says, um, I will not drink this again until the kingdom comes. He doesn't say, I'll never drink this wine again because, you know, the next day he dies. He says, I won't drink it again until until the kingdom comes. And so um, what's interesting about that, and then we'll go on to something else, um, is that, you know, if there's a non-Christian and they're like, Dude, heaven's gonna be so dumb. It's gonna be so dumb. He's gonna be boring. Dumb, 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 dumb. You could say there's gonna be food up there. There's gonna be drink up there. There's gonna be alcohol up there. <laughs> and, I, and I, I don't, I don't wanna. Like I'm not a, an alcoholic. <laughs> In fact, I, I'm a pastor at New Life. I, I, I keep. I don't. I've never. I've never ever been drunk. And um, and alcohol has this curse on it on the earth now. That that is an escape thing for lots of people, and it's and it's it's a big deal for a lot of people. And there's alcoholics that have a disease that need it. And um, in heaven, there won't be that curse on it, but the, it'll be there. Isn't, that, isn't doesn't that just kind of mess with your thinking a little bit? Like, hmm, it won't just be goody two shoe. Like, it'll be eating and drinking, and and there'll be like alcohol drinks in heaven. Like, it just it's, it that. And I, I don't want to spend any more time on it. Uh, I really don't. Um, <laughs> Just the thought—I mean, that really changed my thinking. That there's—I mean, there's a legitimate party in heaven. You know what I mean? And I—and not in a—not in a, like I—I I really believe that alcohol is an overly abused substance, and and that parties can be very bad. But um, heaven, there, because there's such a curse on it. So enough of that, right? So don't don't drink something and say Joe said there's gonna be alcohol in heaven. That is dumb. Um, There's going to be passion in heaven. Uh, Revelation 6, 9, if you want to turn to that. Revelation 6, 9-er. And this has, I'm going to read this passage, and I want you to look at it very closely and think about it. Because this says a lot about what heaven is going to be like. And as, as I talk tonight about... Living a heaven focused life to have some details about what heaven is going to be like and not just say, oh, yeah, we're heavenly focused, brother, uh, meaning spiritually focused. Like, yeah, there's, we're really going to live in all of eternity in something that's like this. And so Revelation 6 9 says, He opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain, the martyrs, because of the word of their testimony, of the word of God, and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice. So here they're going to ask God a question. So there's going to be questions. You're going to be, you're going to be able to ask God questions in heaven. They called out in a loud voice. And it's by the way, it's a very passionate question. It's not just like, when's the next time we eat? It's like passion. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of earth and avenge our blood? Like, that's, like, wow. I mean, there's, there's some passion there. You're asking, imagine, this is, this is the paradise, not the true heaven that, that ends up coming. This is the time when people are looking down and, and seeing, and I think they see the things that are going on throughout the book of Revelation. People are seeing from heaven the things that are going on on earth. And so you could look to some of those passages and say, like if you're, you know, your grandma dies and, and someone says, she's looking down and smiling. You know, there, there might be some truth to that, that the people in heaven can see us here on earth now because there's, there's incidents, incidences, incidences, incidents, instances of that. Yes, nailed that. Nailed that word. Um, in heaven of people seeing what's going on on earth and there's passion here. It's not blank stares, smiling faces, people just happy singing a song like, uh, what are those Homer Simpson's neighbor's kids? Flanders kids? Yeah, I just think of those. Like, Like, there's going to be some real passion, not just goody two-shoes there. There's people up there saying, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? That's a passionate question. We're not going to lose that passion when we get to heaven. If there's going to be passion and desires. And this, this verse also says something in your notes, just as like a side note. Uh, this also says, um, you know, when you get to heaven, you're kind of looking down on earth, that there isn't, there isn't going to be the soul sleep. Some religions um, talk about that once we die, there's a soul sleep that happens and we just kind of go away or sleep for a little while and then we're raised to Christ to the new heaven and new earth. Like It doesn't say that here. It says that they're, they're seeing what's going on and asking how long to the Avenger blood. But the other thing that it doesn't say is uh, this idea of purgatory that the, the Catholic Church has and I grew up Catholic and, and I always feel like I need to say that there's a lot of Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ that will be in heaven and I, have, I, have, I do have a lot of respect for Catholic church but they have, they have this belief that there's a purgatory that you go to another place and then people on earth can pray you up or pray you down to, to a higher heaven level or lower hell level um, that doesn't say anything there it's, it's, they're, they're in heaven with God asking God how long right you see that there I see it too. Okay, so we've, we've talked about, number one, heaven's not going to be boring. We've talked about, number two, we're not going to have this loss of desire. Number three, I just want to spend a couple of minutes on, we're not going to have this loss of memory about, about what's going to, what happened. And I think that, the verse we just mentioned, it proves that, that, that we will remember things that happened on earth because people are asking God right here, how long until you avenge our blood? They remember it. They remember being martyrs. They remember how they died. And I think, um, you know, there's some bad things. I think the question might come up in your head, well, well if you experienced a bad life on earth when you get to heaven and you think about that, will you be all sad and depressed and lonely and, and scared or whatever? And I think, no, I mean, God is going to be there. He's going to comfort you. It says you'll have tears, but God will wipe them away. There'll be joy in heaven. Not only, like, will God provide joy, but God is joy, right? Yeah, And um, the very first verse in the Bible that talks about an afterlife, you could turn there if you want, is Genesis 25. It's when Abraham dies. And uh, Genesis 25, number 8. Genesis 25, 8. says, Then Abraham breathed his last, and he died at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. And so, when we die, I think we'll recognize people. I'll be like, "Dude, that's that's Dan Perkins." <laughs> Dude, that's Jer- that's Jameson. I think we'll recognize people, and people will recognize us. We'll be gathered to our peeps, our homeboys, our homegirls. We'll recognize them. It's not like that we'll just all be like given this new body, and we won't be able to recognize anybody. You're Just kind of walking around, happy, smiley. <laughs> We'll recognize people, we'll, we'll, like, dude, let's, let's go eat something, man. Let's, let's hang out. Let's go ask Jesus this question. He's like, yeah, that's a good one. Did Adam have a belly button or not? That's so so good. Let's go ask him. (laughs) And it's, it's just like, man, that sounds sweet, doesn't it? Um, And then the other thing, I talked about marriage a little bit, and Jesus does talk about marriage. There's this weird passage about, uh, where is it? I think I've lost the, uh, the, uh, the reference but it talks about how there won't be any marriages in heaven. And that, that was kind of a, me and Erica were talking about that. And we're like, we're not going to be married in heaven? That's, that's sad because we're having, I mean, that's, it's cool being married. Um, and uh, I had a, someone explained it like this. They said, in heaven, um, you, you'll look at your wife and, and you'll look at Jesus. And you'll look at your wife and you'll look at Jesus and say, I, I want Jesus to be my, to be the one that I'm married to. And then, and then Erica, my wife, will do the same. She'll look at me, she'll look at Jesus, she'll look at me, she'll look at Jesus and say, you know, I want Jesus. It'll be a choice kind of thing. You'll be, in a sense, married to Jesus. And there's lots of lingo that talks about that, and that's a little weird, but there's lots of lingo that talks about how you'll be, you'll be the, we as the church will be the bride of Christ. He'll be the husband and we'll be the bride. And I think Jesus makes a much better uh, mate than, um, than any other human, don't you think? And so that's how that's how I think about that. And I just thought, as a, as a side kind of rabbit trail, because that's how I roll. I thought I would throw that in there for you, <laughs> mix it up a little bit. Um, but let's go to the last one, number four, with with a little bit of time that we have left. Number four, the loss of individuality. That we'll all just kind of be given new bodies, and we'll all kind of be hanging out, and we'll all look the same, and all be singing the same song. Nah, 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 nah. And uh, Mark Twain, the, the the author of the book that I read earlier, uh, Huckleberry Finn, says this, and it's, it's, he's a non-Christian, very cynical when it comes to Christianity, and he says this, he says, go to he- heaven for the climate, hell for the company. The, 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 all the people in heaven are just going to be like, and all the people in hell are going to be the cool people that you want to hang out with. And... Um, I just don't think that's true. I think that we'll each have our own individual personality kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and, and C.S. Lewis puts it this way in one of his books, The Problem of Pain. He talks about heaven and, and says, if all experienced God in the same way and returned to him an identical worship, the song of the church triumphant would have no symphony. It would, it would be like an orchestra in which all the instruments play the same note. C.S. Lewis, problem of pain. Isn't that kind of a cool quote? It's like there will, be, there will be individualness in heaven. Um, look at uh, Revelation 6.11. It's the continuation of that, that passage that I read about how long will you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Uh, Revelation 6.11 says this. It says that um, then each of them, each of them, was given a white robe. And they were told to wait a little while longer until the number of the fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed uh, was then made complete. And it's that idea that, that each of them was given a white robe. That they're individually, that will have new bodies in heaven. It says that in several verses. You could look that up. That that will have, um, that we're, we'll each be given a robe. We'll have this individuality. And there's other verses that that's this kind of confuses me about the treasures in heaven. Everybody say, Oh yeah, the treasures. The treasures. <laughs> there's there's when we get to heaven, um that we get to heaven based upon what? On how good we are, how good of a girl, how good of a boy we are. No. We get to heaven and we are allowed to enter heaven based upon the work of Jesus Christ alone, right? And so fully on the grace of God, looking down and saying, I, I will save you on the basis of my work on the cross. But then there's all these verses about, so that's how we get to heaven. Once we're in heaven, there's all these verses about treasures and storing up treasures in heaven. And even the Jesus' disciples came to him and said, I just imagine them, they're like, dude, you ask him. No, you ask him. He might get ticked. No, you ask him. And, and they say, Jesus, when we get to heaven, who will be the greatest? that they asked Jesus that question. And even more, so, it seems even weirder that the, the mother of James and John um, comes up to Jesus. I mentioned like James and John, like you ask him, you ask him, you ask him. And the mother finally being like, okay, I'll ask him for you boys. And it says this in the Bible that uh, James, and Joseph, James and John's mother comes to Jesus. Imagine your mom embarrassing you um, and asks Jesus, can one of my sons sit at your right hand? when when you get to heaven can one of my sons be the highest in heaven and Jesus to both of these questions doesn't say oh everyone is going to be equal in heaven you'll all be in a line singing there there's this there's this division there's this 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 treasures in heaven that you can build up and store and and some of us will have a whole bunch of treasures and some of us might not have a lot of treasures and to me that's like dang i wonder if i'm gonna have a, a lot of treasures or i'll get up there and like dan perkins is like dude i got all this gold look at my treasure and i'm like dude i got this coin it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool i guess <laughs> i think brady boyd once again I, I was listening to a bunch of brady Boyd's sermons on heaven he preaches all these sermons when he was back in with his homeboys and uh, actually his homeboys are us now but back in gateway he preached some sermons on uh uh, heaven, And he put it this way. He said, when we get to heaven, it'll be the first time it'll be okay that we have a participant's ribbon. Did you ever get one of those in, in school? or <laughs> I remember I got one of those, it was like this derby thing, this Pinewood, not Pinewood Derby, It's like a derby you get into, Boxwood Derby, and uh, you get in it, you race down this hill, and uh, you get to the bottom and they time you, and you're allowed to, for some reason, this Boy Scout thing, you're allowed to do it as many times as you want to try to up your time, and if you got a better time, you got a better prize, It was like first place, and then they want all the kids to feel good, so then it's like first runner up, is like that second place, and then there's uh, second runner up, really third place, and then so on and so forth, and uh, in case you don't know a lot about gravity and overcoming uh, friction and stuff like that who the person that can go down the hill the fastest is the fat kid (laughs) think about it and and i was like this skinny little (laughs) kid and uh weighed like 50 pounds dripping wet and uh (laughs) and i would get in i was like the smallest kid by far got in this thing just like kind of like (laughs) creaking down there like yeah go and I kept going and, and couldn't get a better time and I think I probably came in dead last and the, the, the chubby kid like, that went down you know, just his first time his, his only time down got the best time and it's just because that's how gravity works that's how overcoming friction works by the way and uh, I remember going home with this blue participants ribbon and I was ticked I was ticked I was like man I wish I could have done that again and got a better time and in heaven I, I just God himself joy is going to be there He's going to wipe away every tear. We're, we're not going to look around and, and be envious and jealous. Those are sinful desires. And um, to, so that kind of, it, it shows me two things, that there will be an individuality in heaven that will have certain amount of treasures and, um, or a certain position, or even certain jobs. And, and David, the psalmist, puts it this way. Another, another very comforting thought to me about people having more treasures than me in heaven. David, the psalmist, puts it this way in Psalm 84.10. I'm sure you've heard it because it, it ends up in lots of songs. He says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper like literally, his job is opening doors for people. I mean, talk about a silly job. I mean, a job that probably anybody can do, right? Now, very, I mean, it's just a job that's not very high on the like, CEO company of, of heaven, you know? That's just this doorkeeper. But David says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Isn't that comforting to think about? The whole treasures thing and so as a reminder we do not give, go to heaven based upon how good or bad we are but it's it seems as though jesus talks a lot about you know his his answer to the, the question of who will be the greatest in the kingdom of god his answer is like this upside down answer where you know well the, per, the person that serves the most will be the highest when we get to heaven the person that's the lowest will end up being the highest The the child will end up ruling isn't that kind of that's kind of cool It's kind of cool to think about so I want to end with this story and then and then we'll be dismissed Um, there's this uh, wedding that happens uh, that happened and uh, I've been to like really nice. anybody been to like a really nice wedding you're like dang there's like lobsters and I mean there's there's legitimate weddings that happen that are like million-dollar weddings did you know that it seems, it seems to boggle my mind that someone's spent a million bucks on a wedding on a day. You know, but it happens. And uh, they hired this famous singer woman and this, so the famous singer woman sang at the wedding and then her and her husband go to the reception and it's downtown Manhattan. They're on the penthouse of this hotel. It's beautiful. They, they ride the elevator up and they're, they're looking in and they see in this room uh all the waiters all the waitresses the like the orchestra symphony people playing and they see some lobsters and shrimps and uh caviar which is gross they just have to be rich in order to love that i guess um and they see all that they see the music they see the fine dining and everyone has a place they're like oh sweet and they they go up and right before they go into the door there is a man with a book and this is this is a common this is a biblical thing too that there's a, the lamb's book of life. Have you heard of that before? You could look at and read about that later. It's it's this idea that you know in the ancient times before there was passports and IDs and all this stuff that if you wanted to go into a city that was your home city you'd go to the gate the gatekeeper would be there he'd have a list of names in a book and you'd say my name is this my name is Joe Kirkendall and he'd be like. Uh, okay yeah you're a resident of this city come on in and then the and then somebody else would come in and try maybe try to sneak in if it's a time of war and they say their name uh, John Smith <laughs> and then he looks down the thing and is like oh I don't see you here and they wouldn't be allowed in even more so for trying to get in, in a time of war they might be taken beaten or whatever and so back to the story this woman This famous singer with her husband go to the door, say their name. The man looking at it says, "I I don't see your name here. Could you spell it?" And then they spell it. I I still don't see your name here. And he turns to one of the servants, uh, one of the waiter guys, and says, "Would you escort them to the service elevator?" So they go. They go away. They're down. They're going down the service elevator. The woman starts crying. The husband says, "What?" what happened back there? What, you were the singer of the wedding. And she says, I know, I, I must have forgot to RSVP. I didn't think that I had to. I was the singer of the wedding. And so they didn't get in. They didn't get, They didn't RSVP. It's a French kind of thing for respondez, s'il vous plaît. Re, please respond. Did you know that? <laughs> Random fact. Um, but God... He God demands, God requires us to respond to him. And I'm preaching, I'm teaching to the furnace right now. And every, I think every single one of us in here have responded to God's call for salvation. But I think God requires, really wants us to respond to him on, on a daily basis. Respond to him on an hourly basis. To, to, to respond to him, to think about heaven is a really good thing. And I want to leave you with this last final thought that, um, and it's kind of a, it's not the the best picture, but it's, I just think of a a, a radical, radical Islamic person. Let's say a man strapped onto his body, a bomb, and he he goes into a building ready to blow himself up for the cause of jihad, you know? And um, Muslims have a very uh, imaginative, Description of exactly what heaven is going to be like. If you ask an average Muslim dude, like, dude, what's heaven going to be like? He'll tell you, and it's this this picture. And it may not it's this kind of R rated, but uh, they'll they'll say there's there's 72 virgins for every for every man that gets to heaven. And Muhammad said, when when a man desires a beauty, he will have intercourse with them. And that's obviously an R rated version of um, what heaven is going to be like for the Muslim. And it's, it's a, first of all, it's a lie. Second of all, what I see that is, as I see, uh, people have realized in the Muslim religion that the description of heaven motivates people, so much so that a radical young man will strap on a bomb and go kill himself because he thinks that in a few moments he'll be in this heaven where there's lots of naked women. And I mean, think about that. Think about, as Christians heaven, this true heaven, this real heaven that God has has made for all of eternity, we're going to go there. It should motivate us. It should focus our attention and be, yeah, there's, there's going to be, it's not going to be boring. It's going to be a place, we're not just going to lose our individuality. We're, we're not going to lose all desires. We're not going to lose all memories. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. Does that motivate you? Would you stand up as I, as I just pray for us tonight as, and think about... Uh, heaven. Focus in on, on heaven as a, as a real place that we're going to go to. And so God, Jesus, we look to you right now, Father. and We, we, we worship you, Jesus. This, this God who is going to be the center of heaven. And that you have granted us membership into this kingdom that's going to last forever and ever and ever. And when we cry you're going to wipe the tears away. And when we desire something to drink or something to eat, it's going to be there. And we're going to be able to ask you questions. God, we thank you that we've been invited to heaven. And so, God, we respond to you. We say, God, thank you for heaven, for our reward at the end of our life, that, that our lives are really, I mean, God, we can't do enough good things to be a part of your salvation. But, God, you have done the work on the cross and God, we praise you for that. We praise you that you've done the work on the cross and granted us entry into heaven for all of eternity. And so God, I, I pray right now that you will give us images, that you will, the, the, the word says that there's reflections on earth of heaven, that you will give us some of those in these, these days, the weeks to come, that we will think, we will focus on heaven, this real place that you have made since eternity began for us to live in for eternity future. So, Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you as the God of this earth and the God of the earth to come. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for Local Churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.